The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Throughout these Sundays in August and moving then into the fall, we are going to be going just a little at a time through Genesis chapters 12 through 25. And if you've been kind of reading along in your Bibles, you'll notice that we haven't missed a single verse yet. So this morning, we're going to start now into Genesis chapter 13. And if you're with us here in the church, you can have your bulletins open there to page nine. And if you're listening at home, I invite you, I'd like you to have your Bibles open so you can have this in front of you to Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to read the whole chapter because I think it's worth reading so you can just hear all of Abram's story here. And this is what the Holy Spirit has for us today. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev and his wife with his wife and everything he had and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. Quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. You go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan, set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and south, to the east and west, all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go. Walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. This is God's word. This this may be a mistake to tell you this, but this story isn't that exciting (laughs) not like last week like last week we had seduction right 
descriptions of beauty, kidnapping, a rejection out of the harem, you know, plagues from God. Like it was an action packed sequence last week, but this week, this week, we get none of that. In fact, you might call this story mundane. <laughs> you might even call it boring. <laughs> because let me give you just a little thumb scale sketch of what this story is about. See, this is about two guys who have rich people problems. Like first world problems unite. So I don't mean to minimize them at all because they're trying to keep animals alive here and keep people employed. That's a big deal. But at the end of the day, this is about two guys who have rich people problems and Abram does something very generous and says, you pick. You, you go right, I'll go left. If you go left, I'll go right. And then they separate and that's the end of the story. Not that exciting, right? I told you, it's kind of mundane. Some people might call it boring. But there's a part of the story that needs to absolutely grip us. There's, there's a part of the story that needs to like sit in our hearts and burn because of the consequences. It's the final destinations. You see, Lot ends up, see what he's, what it says in the scriptures? Near Sodom. Like Moses doesn't even try to cover it over. He's like, this is a, this is a city that's about to be destroyed. This, this is a, a city that is, that is sinning greatly against God. That's what Moses says. And, and look, even secular, we, we know the scriptures, even secular people know this about Sodom, that Sodom, Sodom becomes later the, the symbol it becomes synonymous with depravity and wickedness. And so what this story is really about, and this needs to grip us, this is a story about decisions. This, this is a story about priorities that lead one man to Sodom. At least right outside it. This is also a story about another man who makes different choices and has different priorities, and we find him kneeling at God's altar in thanksgiving. Who would you rather be? It's simple. This is what I want to do with you this morning. I want to look at three questions this morning that will lead us far away from Sodom, like as far as you can go, spiritually speaking, but also three questions that will help lead us instead to Hebron, now there at God's altar. And these questions, just a little bit of a hint, are all about riches and ambition. So here's our first question. Are you... Are you engaged in what we're going to call this morning the great quarrel? Are you fighting over stuff and resources and especially about money? Because if you are, that needs to be like a blinking warning sign, right? Abram and Lot were. 
It, it didn't used to be that 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 rich people there they didn't have everything in in the stock market and all of their wealth was just literally pieces of paper or blinking pixels on a screen. It used to be that wealth showed up in in gold and silver and livestock. So this is what we have here is is a big time quarrel over water rights, right? This is, this is a big-time quarrel over grazing rights. Something along the lines of what's happening along the Colorado River right now, right? You've probably heard that seven states are fighting over water rights over the Colorado River. It's something along those lines. And, and we don't know exactly what happened, but it must have been like lots of people would say to Abrams people, look, you already had your chance. You got to scram. Or... We were here first. Our animals are going to water first. You guys can maybe go later if there's something left over. And we don't know if it, it, it led to blows and violence, because sometimes it does, if we're honest about it. People fight over resources. But what we can say is that they were engaged in the big quarrel. And I call it the big quarrel because it's this quarrel that never seems to end be between human beings. Have you noticed this about human beings? That, that, that human beings, when it comes to money and stuff, can be like male dogs? Like, where they just lift their legs and, and pee on it? This is mine. <laughs> and none of y'all can touch it. And they'll fight over it. Like, I, I don't want to narrow the focus too, too, too much to, like, exclude people who aren't married. But, like, look, this is about two family members, an uncle and, an, and a nephew, fighting, quarreling over stuff. Married couples do that, too, don't they? Here's, here's a, let me just paint for you a picture of, of a proverbial New York married couple where they come along, they fall in love, and, you know, they're looking into each other's eyes, and then they decide... Let's get married, but we'll keep separate bank accounts. People do that. What's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. Whatever you earn, we'll both contribute to the rent. But you know what happens every month? There's the fight, the quarrel. Who's going to put in what, exactly what they need to put in? And, and then it comes later down the line, why, aren't, why don't you have a job yet? And then it's like, you should contribute a little bit more to the down payment because we should be buying a house. And you see what's happening here? It's the great quarrel. This is mine. Why don't you give more? And it's all about money. Sometimes brothers and sisters can fight. They become, instead of like peeing, you know, it's like it, they become vultures. Like in our gospel lesson, they just want to get the scraps of their now dead parents and try to scoop up everything that they can have. And then there's friends friends who start a business together, and the friendship almost always goes sour. Why? Because of money. It's the big quarrel. Everybody fighting over rights and resources and money and stuff. And so I want to put that question in, on your heart. Are you engaging in the big quarrel? Or, because Lot didn't see it a different way. He was like, I think he was content to just let it continue on and fight over the resources and the water and the grazing land. But Abram wasn't, see? 
God's Holy Spirit led them to see that there was a different way that maybe generosity would set them free. But we can't just stop with that question. We need to continue and go deeper. Ask yourself, are you engaged in in quarrel? But then continue by asking yourself this question, what are your priorities in life? What are your priorities? Abram's priorities become clear, like really fast in this lesson. And it's not going to be money. You know, Abram, if you think about it, he could have demanded. He could have. Like, I, I can give you three reasons why Abram could have said, This is my land and this is my water. You lot take a hike. He could have. Simply by seniority. Like he's he's probably older than that. Maybe not, but he's probably older. And so people, we need to respect our elders, right? He could have demanded like, look, I'm older than you are. Take a hike lot. Or he could have said, look, I'm your uncle. You're the nephew. You, you take a hike. Or just by the sake of God, had land granted this land to him. He could have demanded it. Lot, this is mine. Go somewhere else. But he doesn't see. He's got other priorities. And his first priority is this. He's going to cling to God's promise. God said to Abram, I will bless you. And Abram now is is saying to himself, I'm going to put that promise to the test. Did you know this? You cannot outgive God. Abram knew it. One commentator put it so beautifully. He said, He said, There is room in God's plan for your most generous impulse. And so here's Abram. Priority number one, I'm going to cling to God's promise. Like Lot, you pick. You decide if you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. You pick Lot, a generous impulse because there's room for it in God's plan. God and his promises were number one, but you see what his second priority was? Family. Here's the truth. Jesus said this. You cannot love both God and you can't. Makes sense. If you're going to pursue money, you can't pursue God wholeheartedly at the same time. You have to pick. And why would you pick money when God promises to give you everything, when he won't even spare your only son? But here's the second truth. Jesus didn't say this, but it's true all the same. You also can't love people and money. Sometimes you have to pick. Like Abram here, he, he, he was forced to make a choice. Am I going to love Lot well or my stuff and money? And he picked Lot. We're sometimes forced to make the same choice. Am I going to love my wife well or am I going to cling to my dead, cold, hard cash? What's it going to be? 
What about my buddy who I started a business with? Or, you know, all of these different situations that we end up in, we have to make a choice. Am I going to love money or people? Am I going to live by faith? Or am I going to go after economic prosperity? Abram's priorities were clear. God, people, and as a distant third, money and stuff. What are your priorities? It's a question that you have to ask yourself because Lot's going to make some choices and his heart's going to move and he's going to end up in Sodom. Abram's going to end up somewhere else. It's an important important question to ask yourself. Here's our last question then. What is your vision for the good life? And I'm, I'm asking in all sincerity, what is your vision? I'm using, I'm using that language with, with sensitivity and, and purpose. What, what is it that you see that's going to actually make you happy? What is the good life? Because what we have here in this chapter is a vision of sorts of what the good life is. Did you notice all the language? Like at the end of the chapter, like it says that Lot looked. Says that Lot saw. And then later we see God lead Abram out and he takes in this big vision, this sight of his promises. Like this is this is all about what is your vision for the good life? And here was Lot's vision for the good life. This is this is incredible. I just want to read this to you. He looked out and he saw Sodom, that it was, quote, like the garden of the Lord. Mm. That's his vision for the good life. He's looking down and he sees a well-watered land. He's like, I can get rich down there. So he goes. And at the heart of his decision was economics, capitalism, money, Stuff, possessions, that's his vision for the good life. One commentator put it this way. I thought it was beautiful. He said, he said, what Lot really wants in life, his vision of the good life, is the garden of the Lord without the Lord. Lot wants to have it all without God. So you see what he did? Because he answered the question wrong, your vision for the good life? He goes down and he sets up right outside Sodom. Now, (laughs) we can't get in this here today, but this is going to cause all kinds of problems for Lot. Like this is, this is, it seems like a small decision, but this is a disaster. What's your vision for the good life? On the other hand, Abram has a different vision of what the good life is. He wants to live by faith. He wants to love well the people in his life. He puts money as a distant third, right? And then what does God do? Because he says, this good. Right away, Lot takes off, and then the Lord appears in his life with his word. He says, Abram, come over here and look around. All of it's yours. You see what God did? 
since Abram lived by faith in the promise, since he lived while his neighbor, God said, I'm going to give all of this to you as well. Seek first God's kingdom, like the song said. And all of this belongs to you as well. It's God's goodness to us. So what does Abram do? He goes to Hebron, sets up an altar, and we find him on his knees in thanksgiving to God. What about you? What are your, what's your vision for the good life? And isn't it something along these lines? That when you come up here later today in a second, and you stand before the Lord's altar, it's somewhere in New York City at a place like Hebron, and you receive his true body and blood on your lips, and you're sure your sins are forgiven. Isn't that as good as it gets? <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't that the good life? And so what I'm trying to show to you is that the Lord, by His grace and mercy, because what He has done for us in Jesus Christ, we're right there with Abram. But, but beware, beware, that, that the quarrel is seductive. And that sometimes we can get our priorities a little bit mixed up. God is faithful. He leads us back and he forgives us, doesn't he? Amen.